Got time for a quick story. Prince came from Minneapolis, and Minneapolis is not that far from where I'm based, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And that's always been a point of pride for a lot of us around here, especially in the Twin Cities. To a degree, also here in western Wisconsin, you can't help it being so close. There's a lot of people that grew up in the Twin Cities and now live here. A lot of people pay attention to the Twin Cities who've grown up here, like myself. And so Prince, I think, is in the position of not just being an, a national and international musical icon, but an, a particularly upper Midwestern musical icon. And considering how complex was the nature of his life, understanding, researching, documenting Prince is... It is a field that I don't think is necessarily going to end anytime soon, and especially people who knew him well are the ones that are going to provide more of that information, and Neil Carlin was among those. Journalist. He wrote stories. He was involved with, with Prince's life, and he has a book out. As of October 6th, it is released called This Thing Called Life, Prince's Odyssey on and off the record, and talking to Neil Carlin about it right now. Prince is plenty popular over here in western Wisconsin. You know, just it's basically a, a short drive over. It's like an hour and a half. We refer yeah. to it in hours as opposed to miles. It's that it's that close. So, like anytime we bring up Prince stuff here at this radio station, people jump for it. It seems so. I'm so interested in that. I was going to ask you the way people love him in Minneapolis. Does that translate across the border? To a- we go the other way. It's too many this many minutes to get firecrackers and you know <laughs> firecrackers in Wisconsin. Kind of, yeah, yeah. The whole the fireworks thing is definitely a thing, as you well know. It's it's yeah. not as intense in the Twin Cities. Like when I would go over there in the immediate wake of Prince's passing, I would pick up on that. Yeah. Like, wow, oh my gosh, it's huge over yeah. here, over in the Twin Cities. Lesser here, but I see it like on Facebook, for example. If I'll post a Prince thing, and suddenly people come out of the woodwork more than other stuff. So. It's definitely a thing. It's probably a combination of the heritage and then the localism. Um, that's something that's always struck me about the Twin Cities in general seems to have a thing for their hometown folks. Like they're Joe Mowers of the world and the Mary Tyler Moore show being a thing there. It's, it's They're very connected to what made that area famous. So wh- what did Prince think of that did he ever express anything about going wow and earlier in his career obviously before he became legend in your conversations with him over the years did he ever have a sense of wow i'm really being taken in by fans now as i become more famous yeah and he found refuge here and that's one of the tragedies at the very end he he, he would he would get jumped on here but there weren't paparazzi and he was just i mean making it from minneapolis and not you know even Bob Dylan had to split Minneapolis and go to New York and to find a scene. Prince invented his his own scene. He not only invented himself, he invented a scene around him because you need to compete. He always thought, you know, like Ali needed Joe Frazier and the Hatfields needed the McCoys. You know, he needed Morris Day in the time. And um, he was brilliant, but he was so, you know, the grief in Minneapolis was real. I'd never experienced anything like that, you know, after he died. It was just over- overwhelming. And uh, um, we were kind of shocked that we, being Twin Cities, I w- you know, that the rest of the world was as mournful as anyone. You know, the magazine racks, every cover of every magazine 
was Prince. And on the other side, people felt comfortable because he was a hometown guy and giving him grief if they didn't like you know, I was with him. I was doing a st- story for Rolling Stone right after Purple Rain. And we were at the First Avenue Club, which was in, featured in the movie. <laughs> and pe- you know, people come, I remember a guy coming going, Ah, you sold out. That's like a white album, you know. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and he said, "Yeah, well, what are you doing? You know, and in no other city would anyone dream of coming up. You know, he would have done just fine in L.A. or New York. And dressing the way he did or being the way he was is not. You know, he was nothing on the celebrity obnoxious scale compared to you know the most fly-by-night sitcom star. Um, and he just, but he wanted to be home where." You know, uh, being different is sometimes looked down upon, but he was he was so good, and and we were so proud of him. And it's funny that you mentioned first, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore show. People only knew Minneapolis for one thing. First, it was Mary Tyler Moore, and um, then it was Prince. Unfortunately, it became George Floyd. Um, you know, recently, but it was, um, and now the baristas at the coffee shop were. I go at 20. They don't even know that what the Mary Tyler Moore show was, even though that house they showed is just like half a mile from where I live. Um, so it's funny how things are remembered and forgotten. And I think he's really going to be remembered in 50 years. I mean, do you think that? I Yeah. I, I don't think he's, you know, 50 years ago, Jack Benny might have been the most popular, or Bing Crosby. You know, does anyone know them now? But I think Prince will. I don't. You know, I'm not a hate or anything, but I don't. I don't know if Michael Jackson will be, but I think they'll be writing books about Prince and having the same conversation we're having. And that's what I want to do in this book was provide at least this is true because there's so much that's just made up that's out there. There's a lot of good books, but and he made up a lot of stuff himself at the beginning um, of his career. He didn't want to be known. Um, I mean, he wanted to be famous, but he didn't want to be known as a person. If that makes sense right and uh coming from his background it just didn't he didn't he wanted to get away from that so he 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 really recreated himself you know you're you're there's like the dairy queen story that's in there obviously but what what is an if there is one i've not yet read the book but what is there is there another anecdote that again those of us from around here who've been around the twin cities and kind of know is there another good local anecdote that's like okay this is definitely prince but it's definitely something that if you're from around here you know it um you know, there is one, and it's the last time I saw him. The last time I talked to him was three weeks before he died on the phone. But it was just the way he took a joke in a way that no one else, you know, an L.A., New York-based celebrity wouldn't. I was at Rudolph's Barbecue Joint, which was his hangout, and he came in, and I was with a friend who was a woman, who was just a friend, my friend Crystal. And um, for the first time ever, it's weird, the last time I saw him, um, I went back to where he sat, you know, he's got a six-foot-eight, bodyguards around him everywhere and I just didn't like being around in that mode but I said can you do me a favor this, this woman I just love her could you just I stole this from Don Rickles from his, <laughs> who did it to Frank Sinatra and I was just she was, I said could you come by our table and just say hello it'll like, look, make me look good you know and he, did, he looked very noncommittal and um, he came by with the bodyguards and I don't know why I did this I just read Don Rickles autobiography and he talked about this but he said hi Neil and I turned to him and said prince can you just wait a second can't you see i'm in the middle of a conversation and which i it's it's not i ripped off the joke but 
everyone, there was just this pause, and his bodyguards waited and tensed. And there's, you know, when he said jump, they'd say on who. And, um, and then he just broke out in this big laughter, even though I, and I'm so glad that's my last memory of seeing him, was laughing and taking a joke on himself. And that was the mid- Midwest guy, you know. So uh, celebrities are so touchy. I mean, the first time, then cut back to the first, well, no, the first time was when I was 12 when we met. But the first time I interviewed him, he called my parents' house in Minneapolis. I was living in New York. And uh, when I got home, I flew in from New York. My mother said, called him the prince his, her whole life. The prince called, and I hung up on him the first time, you know. And I was like, oh, my God, the, most, the hardest guy to talk to just got hung up on. And he thought that was hilarious. He loved my mother, you know. Um, and that was sort of Midwest. <laughs> you know, that, that just, you know, the, the, the most fly-by-night sitcom star in L.A. You know, would be affronted at that kind of behavior. But there was a surprising down-to-earth part of him. And that's what it wanted to show in this book was that kind of Midwest real person. It's not like, oh, this is... Uh, you know, puff piece. What a great, you know, humanitarian. He was so many different people. I just wanted to, and everything's been written about him, but none has sort of shown him as a real human being. And he, part of that is his doing. He, he only let people see a very small part of him. And I was lucky to kind of know him over a long period of time. Um, and, uh, and see that there really was a there, there, a, a really a hurt person. And, um, so I hope it, it, it reads like a real part, you know, like mm-hmm. the real part of him comes across. And while he did want to be a superstar, um, he also did want to be a human being, which, and those two things can make one very lonely. And he was, and he had the extra burden of being a genius, which further separates you, you know. Mm-hmm. from the rest of the population. So I've, I've got about 30 was, seconds, so I'm going to so I, hopefully you have an album title ready to go. Which album would you wish gets the same treatment that 1999, now Sign of the Times has gotten? Which one do you think would be the next worthy one? Um, you know, I love Around the World in a Day. Mm. And I, I love Raspberry Beret. You know, it's whenever I'm down, da- that, that's my Zoloft. You know, um, <laughs> I play that. So it's much cheaper, too, than, you know... Um, <laughs> and it still makes me dance at my advanced age and makes me puts a smile on my face, which is pretty amazing. That's a long time ago, you know, and uh, he'll be remembered, I think. I, I'm pretty, I'm, I feel positive I wouldn't have spent so long. I, I agree with that sentiment, and I think Around the World in the Day, was, that was kind of my, my choice as well. And very quickly, I miss Rudolph's as well. That was an awesome, awesome place. Yes, yes. Yes, it was so delicious. You I can't, know it. You I can't know believe it closed. You know it. Ugh. Yeah, it was one of my favorite places to go in the I Twin Cities. My... Alas, what can you do? All right, Neil Carlin. Music to my ears. It, <laughs> you're welcome. Neil Carlin, this thing called Life, Prince's Odyssey, off and on the record, th- on and off the record. Thank you for taking time to chat with us. Best of luck going down the road. Hey, thanks much for having me on. I think I could have talked to him for a lot longer and really enjoyed it as well. Neil Carlin. Great interview there. The book, again, This Thing Called Life, Prince's Odyssey, on and off the record. If you want to learn more, if you want to buy the book, you can go to his website, neilcarlin.com. That's N-E-A-L-K-A-R-L-E-N, neilcarlin.com, and learn more about that book and other books he's written. A prolific author has done a whole lot of writing. He knows his stuff. 
definitely check it out. This thing called Life, Prince's Odyssey on and off the record. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story podcast. Thanks, as always, to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin about an hour and a half east of the Twin Cities for providing the facilities for our interviews that uh, I do and uh, my coworker John Murphy does as well, Which and I mention him because you'll find all of our interviews at our website, greatesthits981.com. Click on interviews there and you can listen to my interviews and other interviews that John Murphy has done with other musicians. There's a whole lot there. Also, you can find this podcast on a lot of the usual platforms via Apple, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, etc., etc. Look for Got Time for a Quick Story with a question mark. Subscribe so you get the new episodes when they arrive. And also rate this if you so desire. And especially if you desire, uh, rate it up a little higher and word will spread even more about this podcast. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.